0: G'day, and welcome to the AOS Coach sneak peek into the 2022 Ideneth Deepkin battle tome. Now, Games Workshop were kind enough to send this to me in advance, however they have not seen any of the video in preparation to go into YouTube, nor am I under any obligation to do this review. In this video, I'm going to focus on the Ideneth Deepkin allegiance abilities, and I'm going to share with you some of the initial observations that I have noticed with a match play focus. And to avoid this video being too long, I've separated the video into two parts and there will be a separate video that focuses on the key war scroll changes, new battle tactics, new grand strategies, Um, there are unfortunately no uh, battalions so... Uh, I'll let you know this in advance, there are no new battalions, but otherwise we'll go through that in a separate video. But in this video, which is a lot about the allegiance abilities, you will find also a heap of cool art. You'll see some narrative gems, you'll see uh, path to glory rules, you'll see a very detailed map of Hish, the uh, Umetrican Geo Settlement, um, and you'll also get a unique code that you can use in the AOS app. Iden the Dipkin continue to enjoy the Tides of Death allegiance abilities, along with a few extras like the Forgotten Nightmares, the Ishran uh, rituals, as well as the sub factions. However, I want you to hold your seahorses, folks. We will get to the Tides of Death in a moment. The Ishran rituals also have changed, but there's a lot of commonality there. You have retained your six sub-factions, those enclaves, to help you build the specialized forces. And I will share with you what the enclaves look like uh, very, very shortly. Now, speaking about those Ishran rituals, you have gained an initial set of Ishran rituals that... I, to be honest with you, forgot you had until I remembered that this is that jerk move that would stop me from flying. So I looked it through and the rules have certainly changed. Um, There is no D6 requirement. I remember you used to have to roll 2D6 to, uh, I think, beat a bravery test or however the old shenanigans used to be. That option no longer exists. But the way that the Ishran rituals now work without that dice roll is that in the first battle round, after the players have received their initial command points, but before the game has really kicked into the first turn, each of your Ishran ri- uh, units will get to pick one of the following Ishran rituals that will influence the Ether Seed during the battle. So you'll notice that the rituals are more about buffing yourself as opposed to debuffing your opponent. As I mentioned, you used to be able to shut off flying as an example. So the four key options that you have through your Ishran rituals. So you can make friendly item, the Deepkin units that are affected by the low tide to be able to not be picked for a shooting attack uh, so, your opponent can't shoot you unless you are within 12 inches of that unit. So, uh, a great little way to kind of handle the, the shooting meta we're currently in. You could add plus one to the run rolls and plus one to the charge rolls for friendly Idanath Deepkin units that are affected by the flood tide ability. You could provide friendly Nomadi units that have been affected by the high tide ability to have a five up ward. Or before the Eidneth Deepkin unit is affected by the Ebb Tides ability to retreat, you can roll the dice for each unit within three inches of it. And on a four plus, that enemy unit's gonna suffer D3. So you can see here, they're all tied into the tides of battle. Uh, It's really about affecting that. And, you know, I, I previously mentioned the current meta is featuring a lot of long-range shooting threats at the moment. You Stormcast Eternals, your Daughters of Cain, your Lumineth, your Cruel Boys, just to name a couple. So, you know, things like the Rituals of the Creeping Mist that's going to deny shooting outside of 12 inches during the low tide would certainly be a great choice currently if I was going to a tournament. But hey, you could obviously always choose before the game starts. But having a uh, Ishran model is potentially going to be quite handy to tap into these rules. Good news is that the Forgotten Nightmare rules have really stayed and they're relatively the same. The friendly Eidneth Deepkin units can only be picked for a target for shooting as long as they are the closest eligible target to be shot at. So that really gets you to think about protecting your heroes because you don't have to worry about being the the most eligible target you could be screening with uh Nomadi Reavers you could going out with some eels you could be going for some other target that would draw those attacks first probably better position than being sniped although it still doesn't change any magical or prayer attacks it is only really for those shooting attacks. Now I know what you've been waiting for and you've wanted to see the tides of death and I know a few Deepkin players have been a little bit nervous on what this is going to look like. And it's good news for you Sea Dwellers because it is the same. Round 1 is going to provide your Idina Deepkin troops to get that plus 1 to the save as if they were in cover. Your battle round 2 is going to let uh, units run and still shoot or charge. Round three is going to provide those units with that strike first ability. Round four is going to give you the retreat and still shoot or charge. And then round five takes you back to being treated as if you were in cover. And I'm sure there is a sigh of relief because, you know, the tides of death ability has really helped you stay competitive since day one. And what I really like about it as a deepkin kin player or aspiring dipkin player would be that i can really think about the ways that i want to use my army and plan out my attack plan out the sequence that i use my battle tactics maybe which objectives i want to score which heroes i want to take down using things like the strike first or the retreat and charge or the you know the, the run and charge so lots of great flexibility through the tides of death There are six sub-factions that are quite rich when it comes to the choices, and you will start to see which of those sub-factions will also unlock battle line choices. Without this being story time with the coach reading his heavy text, here is the summary, but feel free to pause this video and look at the actual text yourself. Futhan is going to unlock the Bloodthirsty Shiver, which is a unique unit to Futhan only, and it is a unit of three individual alapexes. so it will count to your battle line. We'll talk a bit more about the, the Bloodthirsty Shiver in a minute, but the rule that you get if you do take the Bloodthirsty Shiver is that um, you get exploding sixes to hit. So if you roll an unmodified six to hit, and there are two of these Bloodthirsty Shiver models within three inches of each other, um, each six that you roll will turn into two hits. Obviously, you would then go through the sequence of to wound and, and all those save and all that stuff, right? But if you happen to have all three of the Bloodthirsty Shiva next to each other, again, within three inches, if you have all three of them, that unmodified six to hit would actually create three hits. So, um, obviously, you continue the wound sequence, but, you know, it could be quite tasty when you look at the amount of attacks. You roll a bunch of sixes, all three of them within with each other. It could be a lot of hits. Domhain is going to interact with going first or going second in the battle round. Should you take the top of the battle round, so you go first in that particular battle round, um, your Normadi can charge and fight for a second time in the combat phase if there are no enemy units within three inches after they've fought. So they've got to have to have fought for the first time. If they can delete and clear that unit that they were fighting, um, they would then be able to then charge and fight again a second time. So that's if you go first. If you go second at the bottom of the battle round, then if you issue the redeploy command ability, Instead of getting one um, one unit that can redeploy, you'd be allowed up to three Nomada units to redeploy for the use of one command point. So very efficient way to be moving around your bodies, trying to avoid charges should you go second in the battle round. And obviously that will change, you know, every round that you go in. Iron Rack is going to give you a new heroic action to choose from over heroic leadership, finest hour, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. If you do choose this heroic action, you get to pick one friendly Archelian unit that is wholly within twelve inches, and that unit can either use the Flood Tide or the Ebb Tide unit uh, ability on top of whatever it was already getting from the Tides of Death. So you would actually get two sets of abilities uh, by either tapping into Flood Tide or Ebb Tide and whatever you were on. So also, if you hadn't noticed with the Iron Rack. Iron Rack no longer boosts Gotrek, so if you were a ginger ninja fan and you love your Gotrek, the old book would boost it because it was an ally or a friendly focused kind of ability, that's completely gone, so um, sorry Gotrek, not sorry. Bromdar will let you set up a third unit to join the Soul Scryer instead of two, so if you were going to be using the Soul to put some units into reserve, um, you'd be able to put a third unit in reserve where normally a Soul would only allow two units plus the Soul The other benefit to the Soul is that it's going to extend the range of where those units can be set up. So normally your uh Soul would have to come on from the side of the board uh, outside of nine inches from an enemy, and the units that go with the soul scryer would have to be set up wholly within nine inches. Now, with the Bromdar ability, it would mean that you can set up your units wholly within 12 inches, still outside of nine of enemies, but it gives you that extra three inch kind of aura around the soul scryer to put more bodies down, especially could be quite helpful if you're going to try to use Reavers or Thralls that probably need more space, uh, or you do want to take an extra set of eels. Now, the Morpharn Soul Render is going to be able to bring back three additional Nomadi when it uses the Lua And the Nautula is going to boost the Leviadons with a new Monstrous Rampage called Crushing Assault. If you do use the Crushing Assault Monstrous Rampage, um, the Leviadons' massive scythes, fins, and crushing jaw attacks are going to count to be Rend 3, as opposed to, I think, one of them's Rend 1, one of them's Rend 2. So, getting some extra Rend is not going to be a bad thing. Also, if I've butchered any of these sub-Allegiance names, I do apologize. Now, your Nomadi Reavers and your Namadi Thralls are going to be your generic battle line options across the faction. And your Leviadons, your Alapexes, your Morsar Guard, and your Ishilan Guard are, can all be unlocked as battle line choices, as well as what I previously mentioned, that Bloodthirsty Shiva, which is unique to the Futhan. Now, let's unpack this, this new unit a little further. The Bloodthirsty Shiva is a group of three individual Alapexes that must be purchased as a group, but will act independently and are treated as separate units. If you take the Bloodthirsty Shiver, it would complete all three of your battle line choices in a 2,000 point battle, because again, all three of them are individual. And the points value works out to be the same price as if you were taking individual alapexes. So there is no discount by taking a group of three. But obviously, you know, by not taking the group of three, you would lose the Futhan uh, sub-faction rules. Now, it does state on the uh, the points and the, the notes page that they are single, so it means that you can't reinforce them, but you obviously could take the Bloodthirsty Shiva. If you wanted two sets of them, you wanted six sharks running around, you could absolutely take two sets. They're not unique in that way, but they couldn't be reinforced. If you're like me and you've been dreaming of green stuffing bandanas on four leviathans and running around the AOS Ninja Turtles, Uh, you're going to love the fact that you can take Leviadons as battle line until you realize that Donatello can't join the turtles and he's going to have to stay in the turtle van because the points are a little bit too expensive to run for Leviadons plus a hero. Your eel builds, both your uh, Morsar guard and your Ishilan guard are still as good as they always were. You already know how to use them as battle line. I'm not going to talk a bit more about them and you know obviously if you take the achillian as your general achillian king specifically um you would be able to unlock those eels no matter which sub faction you're in Achillean, Ishran, and Eidolon heroes are all going to get access to three different command traits which is rather exciting. Now you can obviously read on the screen all the different options. I'll pick out some of my favorite. I I really like the Achillean's Unstoppable Fury trait and that is going to give you plus two attacks for each enemy unit that is within three inches while the Archelian is in the high tide so you know get it in the middle of a couple of units and you're going to get extra attacks, which is a great great ability if you did love the old tide caster's ability and flipping the tide i'm sure when we went through the tides of death you were wondering can i flip the tides um you'll want to take the teaching of the tusk coil uh, on your Ishran General, because that old rule is no longer actually on the tide caster. So when we get to the other video and we go through some of the key changes, the flipping of the Tide isn't on the War Scroll. Uh, I believe this is the only way you can flip the Tide, so you'll want this command trait. You have a whole bunch of great options to choose from if you're going through the Eidolon option, should your Eidolon be your General. There is one that is generic for both of them, both Storm and Sea, And that is the ancient pride that gives your, um, basically, if your opponent is attacking the Eidolon and it rolls a one, an unmodified one to hit, then that attack sequence is going to end. So, you know, if they had a lot of attacks, especially if it might be, I don't know, a unit that has, you know, two or three attacks per model, should they just roll one, uh, roll one, one, then, you know, that attack sequence is over. The one extra one for the Eidolon of the Storm is going to allow the Eidolon to carry out a monstrous rampage, even though the Eidolon isn't a monster, which is a great way to get Titanic Jewel or Stomp. The one that I really like, and I think a lot of people have been waiting for a time that the Eidolon of the Sea, the Wizard Eidolon, will actually get its time in the sun, and I think this ability might actually help. And what it does is it gives you an extra spell to cast, If it successfully casts a spell that isn't unbound on a seven plus, so the Eidolon of the Sea uh, from memory has two spells. If it casts one of those spells on uh, on a seven plus and it's not unbound, um, then you're gonna get an extra, you're gonna get a third spell to cast. And heaven forbid you get two spells off with the Eidolon on a seven plus, then it could be a four caster, which is rather exciting. You've also got nine artifacts to choose from, and they are broken down in the same way: three going to the Archelian, three going into the Ishran, and three going into the Eidolon. The potion of Hatefilled Frenzy really piques my interest, and that is for the Archelian. And what it does is, uh, in in preparation or as you get hit by the high tides with Archelian hero, once per battle, if you drink the potion, you'll get plus one to hit, plus one to wound, plus one attacks and plus one to run and charges until the next hero phase so a lot of stacking in preparation or to hit the high tide however when you do sip it the bearer is going to suffer d3 mortal wounds and it's not going to be able to pile in in the next turn so there will be some after effects like a hangover Ishron has some interesting debuff artifacts that could impact wizards uh there's another one that impacts your enemy heroes with their hits and their wounds but if you want to be a real pain in the backside, you're gonna to want to use the rune of uh, Surging Gloom Tide, and what that does is it summons an extra Gloom type shipwreck, wholly within twelve inches of the bearer, outside of nine uh, three inches of other things like enemies and terrain. So um, those body blocking bloody terrain pieces, you could chuck one down and be a royal pain. Now the Eidolon does have some interesting artifacts to choose from. My personal favorite is probably the Bioshock Shell, and that's going to make an enemy hero within 9 inches strike last uh, if you can beat its bravery on a 3d6. So it's a bit gamey. You're going to have to roll probably high, especially because you're most likely going to want to shut down a uh, a hero that has about bravery 10 or at least bravery 9. So you know, good luck to you, but uh, sh- should that work, I think that's a really interesting um, artifact for your Eidolon. Now when it comes to your mount traits and your spell laws, Broken Realms Marathi, which I'm sure you've seen now, it's been out for over a year, uh, introduced mount traits to your deep mares and to your Leviadon. So um, those have been transferred into this book. You probably know them by now, so I'll leave them on screen, Um, and there's some really good options, especially... You know, I've always been a big fan of like ancient, for example, on the Levidon. Uh, although the carapace in, increasing that void drum has always been a, a, a personal favorite of many uh, people I know as well. But what I wanted to talk more about was going to be the spell choices and the Ithumnus Deepkin spell law has been simplified down to four spells. You've got Steed of Tides, Countercurrent, Pressure of the Deep, and Arcane Tor- Corrosion. Now there are some names that are similar to the old book, but they're not a copy and paste, they have been reworded. Arcane Corrosion will still reduce the rend by 1 on that target enemy unit. Pressure of the Deep is still going to auto slay a model that is within range of the caster when you roll that dice to see if you can beat the wounds characteristic. You attack a free guild guard, it's got 1 wound, you roll a 2+, plus. that model's dead. If you happen to be going for a 5 wound hero, if you roll a 6 because you've beaten the wounds characteristic, that hero would be auto-slain. Obviously, anything that's going to be 6 wounds or more, you can't auto-slain with this spell. Counter Current is going to halve an enemy unit's run and charge rolls, and I think it's a great spell to have up your arsenal, so um, do look into this one. You know, The game is ultimately a movement-focused game, You know, not necessarily always about combat, so... Uh, any way to annoy your opponent with uh, reducing run and charge rolls is a good time. And then finally, Steed of Tide is going to give a hero a teleport. So it doesn't have to be the caster. It can just be a friendly hero as long as it's not a monster. And you could use this to teleport to steal an objective, to score a battle tactic, to better support a unit that might need help or to be in you know a certain buff range or things like that. So uh, that's another good one to have up your sleeve. Now finally, when it comes to your faction abilities, you have the Gloomtide Shipwreck, and it's mostly unchanged from the Warhammer Community Update. Now there are some minor updates, um, you know, the way you deploy it and defensible and all that stuff is still the same. But the change has happened in a rule called the Predators of the Ether Sea, that rule is no longer there. In its, in its place is the Guardians of the Deep, and what the Guardians of the Deep is, is uh, Ideneth Deepkin units that don't have a mount trait are going to get a 5-up ward save while they are wholly within 6 inches of this terrain feature. If this unit doesn't have the Eidmeth Deepkin keyword, then uh, there is no effect on them. So if you remember the old rules, uh, it used to do some uh, mortal wounds. I think it was if enemy units within 3 inches of the uh, Gloomtide Shipwreck, you used to roll a dice, and if you happen to roll a 6, it would do D3 mortal wounds. That is no longer in effect. So your Gloomtide Shipwreck is not going to hurt your enemy. It is purely a buff piece for yourself to give you a 5-up ward if you are within six inches, and to be honest, honest with you, most of my Ironeth opponents have always forgotten about this rule in the thick of the battle. So really, it's probably no loss to be able to do D three mortal wounds to a unit that's within range of the ship that you roll a six. But in its place, that five up ward bubble is going to be quite tasty for those units that are within six inches of the terrain feature wholly within, uh, and that doesn't have a mount trait, so it's not going to obviously affect. Uh, your Deep Mare, it's not going to affect your Leviathan. So there's a lot of good updates here for the Item of Deepkin, and I would probably say that you have won more than you've lost at this stage. The Tides of Death remains unchanged, but you are going to gain a stronger set of those Ishran rituals, but I'm sure in the comment section you're going to tell me how much you're going to miss turning off enemy flying. You've unlocked battle line, which is a massive win for Iden the Dipkin players, because I know there's plenty of you who have wanted to run Leviathons and maybe more than one Leviathan on in your list. Um, or if you're someone like my mate Ben Spinetti, who's been an OG Sharks player since first edition, before anyone else was really running Sharks, you're gonna love uh, either running Sharks as battle line or being able to uh, run the bloodthirsty shiver. The Command Traits and the Artifact changes aren't that big for IDK because you had some of the early sub-faction rules and if you were looking at any other battle tome, let's say um, Daughters of Cain or, I don't know, insert army here, you would have seen that the sub-factions had your Command Trait and your Artifact tied to the sub-faction. You had missed that boat. So um, you've got you've still got a lot of flexibility when it comes to Command Traits and Artifacts. And speaking of those sub factions, there is a lot to like, and depending on if you want to build around eels and sharks and turtles or Nomadi, I think there is certainly going to be one that is going to really, um, really work for you. And uh, I think there are some interesting rules, but they're not completely overpowered as well. So, um, and, and obviously, the great thing as well is in the old book, you know, those sub factions would often part of it. Part of its benefit was to influence the narrative battalions that are you know, no longer really exist in third edition match play. So uh, big boost there. Once this book has received its FAQ, uh, I will definitely be organizing a bunch of IDK players to come on the channel and talk about how the new rules are influencing their list building. And we'll talk a bit about how they're seeing and combining all that good stuff. But you know, Until that particular point, let me know in the comment section what you think about the Ideneth Deepkin allegiance abilities. If you haven't already noticed, there will be a second video that will follow this video, and that will be about things like the War Scroll changes and some of the things like your grand strategies and your battle tactics specific to IDK. So let me know in the comments how this has changed your abilities. What are you most excited about or what are you most sad to lose? Uh, tell me in the comments because I'm, I'm very curious to hear how you're seeing the new book play out thanks for sticking around until the end i hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas if you did i would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below